0: City Church. Anyone and everyone. We are in the Song of Advent series. So two weeks ago, Pastor Leonard talked to us about Mary's song. He talked to us about praise and worship from Mary's song. And then last week, Pastor Steve talked to us about silence from Zachariah's song. And now this Sunday, the last Advent Sunday before Christmas, we are going to gather with the shepherds who are watching their flock, and we are going to consider the angels' song. And again, I'm not sure about your week this week, um, if you're thinking about Christmas, if you're trying to avoid Christmas, any of those things. But what I know is that sometimes this story of the shepherds, this shepherd story, this announcement of the birth of Jesus can feel like the story that we heard as kids or can feel something very familiar. And I did this with our team this morning, but I would love to just invite you to just Close your eyes, maybe, just to take a moment and lean into this story as if you haven't heard it before or as if you're listening or reading with new eyes. Because I believe that even in this message, even in the message in the song of the angels this morning, there is a message for us. And I think that this is such a beautiful reminder of the simple but enduring story of Christmas, and I don't want us to miss it. So let's turn to Luke 2. We are going to read about the announcement of the birth of Jesus. I'll let you kind of get there, and then we are going to start at verse 8. And let's lean in um, to the text this morning. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them, and they were terrified. But the angel reassured them, "'Don't be afraid,' he said." I bring you good news that will bring you great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And they hurried to the village, and they found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. And after seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. So what we know from scripture is that angels are messengers from God. That whenever an angel shows up, they are bringing a heavenly message. They are bringing truly the word of God, the message of God here on earth. It's sort of like the spiritual meeting, the earthly tangible. This is a message from God. And so when the angels are singing glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. We want to look at this message, and what does that mean for us? And as I thought about and prayed about and studied this message, I think I've got three observations um, that I think we can take with us this morning, that the word of God is still speaking to us um, through his scripture. First of all, when I read this message, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. When I hear this message of the good news of Jesus from the angels to the shepherds, I think this shows us this is a message for the people. The shepherds, they were just everyday people. They were just regular people. Insignificant people. There was nothing significant, nothing special about this day or this time, nothing significant about this certain group of shepherds or about even being a shepherd in general. They were just everyday people. They were just regular people. I wonder if sometimes they even felt like nobody people. And they were out just doing their thing, doing what they do. I mean, they were pulling the night shift watching their sheep, right? They were just doing what they do. And I think that this may be a small detail, that the shepherds were just everyday people. But to me, it is a beautiful one because it's this embedded reminder that the message of Jesus, the good news of Jesus, it is for everybody. And so I don't know how you came in this morning, when you woke up and got dressed and drove here or walked here, I wonder if you came in feeling like a somebody, and if that's you, you go do you, we love you, or if you came in feeling more like a nobody, just a regular, insignificant, doing your thing, maybe you feel a little unseen, maybe you feel a little looked over, maybe you feel a little lost, but I wonder if you came in feeling like a somebody or more like a nobody this morning. And if that's you, I want you to lean into this small detail that the shepherds, the regular people, the everyday people, the even nobody people, they were the audience for the message of the birth of Jesus. They were the ones that God chose to tell first. I remember when I was just graduated college, I had gone to Hope College in Holland, Michigan, a small liberal arts school, and I had spent most of my time in that kind of college bubble and year four, uh, my friends and I were all graduating, and I got a job where I interned, so I was gonna stay in Holland, even though I wasn't from there. And that was great, great news for me, but um, what was difficult about it is that most of my friends um, were moving away. They were moving on to other seasons of their life as we were graduating and there was a lot of change happening. So I found myself in this town that I had been in for four years, but didn't really know anything about or have any connections outside of the college campus. And I was lonely, and I wasn't sure how to meet people or make friends or have community. And so I decided to go to this church that I had heard about, and I didn't know anybody there. I had just, I think, heard about it, you know, through another friend, and I decided to go check it out. And I'm sure I don't have to tell you, it's kind of vulnerable to go to a new church for the first time. You just, especially if you don't know anybody, you're trying to figure out, like, are these my people? Do I fit in? Do I belong here? And I remember as I came in I saw this girl who had was one year ahead of me and her name was Betsy. And like everybody knew Betsy and like nobody knew me, okay? So it was like a, it was a small campus and so you would you would you know, know each other. And I saw her and I knew that our paths had crossed and she was super cool and knew a lot of people. Was from Holland and I was like, "Oh, I know her, but there's no way, you know, that she would remember me or know me." And so we went through church, and I didn't really see anybody else I knew, and I got up to leave. And as we were heading out, she got up, too, and she looked over, and she started to wave. And I did this super awkward, like, who's she waving to? Like, looking behind me. Like, it must not be me. And when I looked, I realized there was nobody else behind me, and that she was, in fact, waving to me. And um, she came up to me, and we talked, and ended up signing up for the same small group, and hung out a lot, especially that year, and just have become um, really close friends even today, even through all different life seasons. But I can't tell you the power of feeling like an unseen nobody, and having somebody see you, and then feeling like a somebody, feeling like you belong, feeling like you're accepted, feeling like you are not insignificant. You see, the message, the fact that the message, the good news of Jesus came first to the shepherds shows us that no one is excluded in the in the story. It sets the tone for this idea of the good news of Jesus being one of acceptance and belonging. Like, you don't have to know the right people. You don't have to have a certain job. You don't have to hold a certain status or power. You don't have to do a certain thing or live a certain place. You don't have to be in the right group of people. We talk so much here about doing life together. And life together is focused on these expressions of diversity and hospitality and acceptance. And we're so serious about life together because God was serious about the good news of Jesus, including everyone, And if you don't think that belonging or acceptance or doing life together is a big deal, let's look at the shepherds and remember that God was so serious about his good news being about inclusion and acceptance and belonging that he chose to announce the birth of the Messiah to a bunch of everyday nobody shepherds. And that began an organic grassroots movement that spread the name of Jesus, the story of Jesus for centuries and centuries and centuries, and eventually built the church. The shepherds, the nobodies, they were the target audience. The shepherds, the everyday people, they were the marketing plan. The good news of Jesus began as an organic grassroots movement, and God is reminding us that this message, this message of Jesus, it is for the people, all people, and that is good news. It is good news, everybody. It's what I love about Jesus that when you follow Jesus, there's so much that doesn't make sense, but in the best and most beautiful of ways. And I believe that this message that you belong, that you are part of the story, that you are the audience, I believe that message can be powerful for us this morning. So we know it's a message for the people, and you may have walked in here today feeling like a nobody, but the good news is you may feel like a nobody, but you've got the somebody. You have got the good news of Jesus this morning. This message is also one that arrives at night. At night. Like I said before, the shepherds were pulling the night shift. And it's interesting that we start our Christian calendar with the season of Advent, the waiting season. Not the Easter season, not the Great Commission season, not the Pentecost season. We start the season with Advent. This waiting, this anticipation is significant to our relationship with Jesus. And the truth is, is that it's often in the dark times, it's often in the waiting times, it's often in the confusing times, the suffering times, that we move closer to Jesus and develop a more authentic relationship with him. I don't know if you would categorize yourself as a night person or a morning person. I'm definitely more of a morning person at night, I get kind of crabby and panicky, and like it's not good if if I don't get sleep. Um, but especially in this little kid season, sleep and nighttime gets real, like it gets real real. I was on Instagram the other day, and I saw this reel, and it was these this couple, and it was like night, first night, the kids all sleep through the night, right? And the next morning, the couple was like so lovey-dovey to each other, like making each other coffee, like, oh, let me get that for you, or hey, let me heat that up, or oh, no, I'll do that. And then the next morning was the morning that nobody slept through the night, and they were like arguing about who got less sleep and why it was worse for them and not as bad for you, and this is why. And I've never felt so seen um, in my life, right? Right? The idea of the night and of sleep and of all, all, it can get real, real, especially when you're in a season with little kids, it can get real, real, real fast. And that's what we know about the time of night. And I don't know about you, but the night can be the time where we feel the weakest. It can be the time where we feel vulnerable. But it was the night that revealed the promise of the birth of the Messiah, It was the night that the answer was revealed. It was the night the miraculous was experienced. It was the night that birthed a new beginning. And I just wonder for the shepherds, I wonder how they felt that night. I wonder if they were tired, if they were just longing to close their eyes for two more minutes just to get a little bit of sleep. If when they saw the angels in the highest heavens glorifying God, they just thought they were dreaming or or just too groggy or too out of it to even know that it was real. It was the night that birthed that new beginning. And Advent reminds us that as we wait, it is not the end of the story. That when we are in a vulnerable place, in a weak place, in a difficult place, in a waiting place, that it's not the end. That the dark will never consume the light. That the the night will always dawn into day. And so I wonder what it looks like for us to live in the night. If the night is significant for the good news of Jesus, if the night is significant for following Jesus, what does it mean to live in the night? Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. I wonder for you this morning what it is that consumes your night. Is it fear? Is it anxiety? Is it worry? Is it depression? Is it relational, or medical, or financial, or emotional? What is it that sort of defines your night? Is it, is it a loss? Is it waiting? Is it unanswered questions? Is it doubt? Is it suffering? And I, I wonder what it looks like for us to live in those spaces, but still hear and receive this song of peace, glory to God in the highest heaven, And on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Because this message of the angels, this song of the angels, it was a song of peace. I wonder how close you feel to peace this morning. As we think about our night times As I think about many of the conversations I've had with so many of you and others, I feel there just is a sense of weariness and heaviness and burdenness among us this year. There's change and there's waiting and there's managing and there's surviving and it's so real and it just feels like not a very good prop up to the story of peace. I think we're also just trying to make sense of the busyness of this world and the busyness of seasons and the noise and, and the, the constant moving and the constant change. And then you add on Christmas to that, and everybody has a different relationship with Christmas and the holidays. Some of us are trying to create all the magic and make everything happen, and others of us are just trying to avoid Christmas at all costs because it's just too painful. Where do you go for your peace? Where do you go for your comfort? What is it that you hold on to? What is it maybe that you're trying to protect? When you feel things are out of control, when you are suffering or afraid, when you're waiting or hurt or disappointed or angry, where do you go for your peace? Is it a sense of control? Yep, me too. Is it a relationship? Is it a belief system? Is it status or power? Is it financial security? Where do you go for your peace? Because whatever places you go to cope or feel better or just escape or chill for a minute, those are the places that are currently the source of your peace. And if we are going to be people who are able to live into the night so that we are able to see the birth of the new beginning, a breakthrough that we are praying for, a dawning of a new day, we will have to reconcile this need for peace from a source that is different than Jesus. And I am still learning this today, but the tricky thing about peace peace is that it is not actually based on circumstances or our experience. It is a peace that passes what? Understanding. It is a piece that passes understanding. That means it doesn't make sense. Like the math doesn't equal out. You're experiencing this but feeling this. It shouldn't go those way. The dots shouldn't connect. That doesn't make sense. And that is the peace of Jesus. Because if we didn't experience the night, there would be no reason to cry out for the peace of God. Those other things, those temporary things, that would just be easy to, to take and to allow to heal us. But we would never have to cry out for the peace of Jesus if we weren't experiencing the night. Without Jesus, whatever it is that we we are experiencing that's bringing us peace is just a band-aid it is not the healing balm and Jesus is saying I have something for you where you are maybe in the night but you can receive my peace it is a peace that passes all understanding I think back to a time in my life where I was in the middle of a crisis and I don't talk about this very much because I don't want it to overshadow sort of um, what we're doing here or, um, but, but when I came to this campus to lead this campus, I came from a really difficult church experience. I came from an experience that was full of like toxicity and narcissism and abuse of power. And it got really real for me especially. And that church was my whole life. It was my community, it was my small group, it was where we got married, it was where we dedicated Romy, it was where she went to daycare, it was where I met Steven, it was where I was mentored. It was my whole entire life. And as I saw what was wrong and knew what I needed to do about it, I knew that I wouldn't be able to walk away with everything still intact. And as I um, moved forward to advocate for myself and for other people that I felt were being hurt and wounded by this idea of abuse of power and narcissism, as I began to raise the alarm of like, something's wrong, this isn't right, I eventually either had the choice of staying in a a place that wasn't going to acknowledge the problem or change or having to walk away from everything I had built for 10 plus years, walking away from everything I knew. And it was the most stressful, crisis-oriented time of my life. It was such a sense of loss. But do you know what? I was so sure. I was so sure of what the Holy Spirit was asking me to do. I was so sure of the presence of Jesus in my life. I knew that no matter what meeting or conversation I walked into, the Holy Spirit was equipping and empowering me to live out the ask of Jesus in that season. And I had the greatest amount of peace I think I've ever had in my entire life, because I knew that with the good news of Jesus, that if I was following him and it came out of a love for him, that it wasn't about doing anything right or wrong, that he was gonna lead me through. And I knew that the peace of Jesus passes all understanding and everybody could come for me, but I had Jesus. And that peace, that peace didn't make any sense It didn't make any sense and it should have made sense, but it is one of the the seasons of life I look back on and think, man, I wish I could get that kind of peace back again. Because I knew so sure of what the Holy Spirit was asking. I knew so sure of who Jesus was and it was truly a peace that passed all understanding. And so I ask this morning, where is your peace? Because we can't look to our circumstances. We can't look to what's surrounding us. We have to look to who Jesus is and to what the message of the angels was. Whatever you're walking through, whatever you're waiting on, Whatever crisis you may be in, whatever it is that seems unsolvable, mental health, feelings of overwhelming, disappointment, grief, loss, there is a peace that passes all understanding and it doesn't make sense, but it is there for you right in the middle of your night, just like it was for the shepherds. Peace on earth. Now here's the other side of this. I... Um, I don't know how to talk about peace this morning with it just being our own individual peace. Because I think that when we say we are followers of Jesus, we have a vertical relationship with God. And we also have a horizontal relationship with our community and our world. And as I thought about this message this week, I struggled because I I legit don't know how, like the authenticity in me doesn't know how to talk about peace without acknowledging that we currently live in a world where all creation is groaning for peace. Where all creation is groaning for peace. And as we are in a country of wealth and power and position, I think it's so important for us to acknowledge the realities of what we experience or is normal for us versus what is playing out around the world and how that affects the peace of all people who are made in the image of God, of all people. And so what I can do, now listen here, I am not an expert in global conflict or suffering, that is not what I am an expert in. But what I can do is I can bring to you the stories and just the experiences that I believe the Lord has put in my path to um, bring to this community so we can hold space for the reality of the peace of Jesus and the reality of what we experience ourselves and what the world is experiencing right now. I don't think we can talk about peace without considering our world. I was having a conversation with my sister this week. Um, I'm so impressed by her. So she works for an organization that contracts with the US government that monitors three things around the world, climate, I'm going to forget them because I'm all amped, climate, conflict, and migration. So they look all over the world and they look what the, what people are experiencing. They look if they're experiencing natural disaster, flooding, drought, famine, earthquake. They look if they're experiencing conflict, conflict, war, violence, coup, uprising. They look at migration, where are mass amounts of people moving to, where are they fleeing from? And when they see red flags in climate and conflict and migration, that's sort of like a go time for them to organize humanitarian responses. And so she organizes a team that responds in this way. And so she was talking to me and she um, has a really difficult relationship with the church right now and just said to me, I just don't understand. I don't understand how we can just be celebrating Christmas and lighting the tree and and decorating all these things and singing all these songs when people are starving and dying and families are being separated and bombs are literally dropping all over the world. And do you know that from the data that her organization monitors that um, not even like put aside the wars that we know about, that the climate conflict and migration issues all over the world are at a higher rate than they have ever been. There are more countries who are experiencing this kind of red flag. I was also listening on NPR the other day, um, a woman who runs, again, humanitarian aid, and she said, the world is on fire. The world is on. There are so many needs. There's not enough money. There's not enough support. The world is on fire. And my sister said, I just don't know how to reconcile what we're experiencing here and what I know is happening in so many places. Peace on earth. I wanted to read to you the countries, all the countries that are experiencing um, crisis, where, where families are hungry, where they're being separated, where people are being displaced. Yemen. Ethiopia, Nigeria, Sudan, South Sudan, Afghanistan, Somalia, Venezuela, Kenya, Guatemala, Haiti, Burkina Faso, Zimbabwe, Mozambique, Uganda, Niger, Cameroon, Malawi, Chad, Mali, Honduras, Burundi, El Salvador, Nicaragua, Ukraine, and Gaza in all of those places. There are people who are hungry. There are people who are separated. People losing their home, losing their families. And yet this message of the angels is peace on earth. I think about another story. We were home over Thanksgiving at my mom's house. They live in a neighborhood in Michigan where many international families have moved to this neighborhood because they are engineers and they work for Whirlpool. And so it's actually this beautiful community of families from Lebanon and India and China and all their little kids. And when we come, Romy comes and she has her scooter, and they all kind of scoot and bike up and down the subdivision, speaking in all different language. Um, But it's where these families live in this neighborhood. And there's a specific family, Amon and Yasin, and their four kids, and they've come to know my parents so well. They call my mom Karima which means gift giver in Arabic because she's always buying things for them and giving gifts. Um, as an aside, my name, Bria, apparently means like stamp or letter in Arabic, and everyone thinks it's really funny. So that's that's been fun. But they call my mom, Karima, Karima, and she always has something to give them. And uh, they were back living in Lebanon, actually, for, um, for a long time. And over Thanksgiving, they had to unexpectedly flee uh, South Lebanon and come back to the States like without any warning. They weren't able to bring their toys, their, their clothing, their school needs, um, their furniture. Like They had nothing. They just had to leave. Because the conflict, um, the bombing um, in, in the state of Pal- Palestine is inching closer and closer to the border of South Lebanon. And as we talked with Iman and Yassine, and as we heard about their experience, as we heard about what it is they're going through, as we heard their kids talking about what it's like to listen to bombings and know they're inching closer and closer to their family, I was just struck by just the contradiction of the experience of my kids and her kids. As Yassin held my baby, she held Romy, she held Louis. she was so excited, and her kids were just a year older playing downstairs. I was just overtaken by the 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 contradiction, the contrast of what my kids are experiencing and what her kids are experiencing. That somehow they have become a people who aren't worthy of safety or security or or who are fleeing their homeland and where their family still is. Like how how is that my experience and not their experience and why and what does that mean? And and they aren't even Palestinian. They they're just Practicing Muslim people, good people, good people who live in Lebanon and who are being affected by this conflict and by this war. And I don't know how to put the two and two together. I don't know how to tie up the bow of peace on earth for you this morning. What I do know is that the opportunity to love them, to walk with them, to do community with them for my family and for us has been a beautiful gift This idea of loving your neighbor, of doing life together amidst the differences, amidst the stuff that doesn't make sense, has been a beautiful gift. And what we could do in that moment was listen and hold space and hear about their experience. Peace on earth. I'm sure so many of us this morning are trying to reconcile our own sense of peace amidst the disparity of a world's experience that seems the furthest from peace. And I can't put that all together for you. And I don't know that we're supposed to. I think personally the only way I can make sense of what this is is to be reminded that the message of peace is enduring because ultimately the Lord is the only one who can hold it all and still promise rescue. I'm a broken person in a very broken world. And I lament, I lament the absence of peace. Evil is evident, and brokenness seems to reign. And at the still, at the same time, I know that this promise of Jesus is not over, that we haven't experienced its total fulfillment of the promise. And that as I take my groaning of peace and my tension, I look to the Lord and see a face full of glory. Both realities can be true. And I think as followers of Jesus, as people in the church, as those who celebrate Christmas, I think sometimes we have to be honest that we don't have to deny the reality of our own experiences or emotions or what's happening in the world in order to receive the promise of Jesus. It is not a denial of what's true. It is not an eyes closed to the reality. It is not a looking away and things that just feel good and sound good and and are good. It is taking that real tension and going right back to the feet of Jesus. It is lamenting. It is truth-telling. It is going to the presence of Jesus with all the things that we hold that don't make sense. The good news of Jesus isn't separate from a world of brokenness. It is among it. When the shepherds heard glory to God and the highest peace on earth, what did they do? They went and they found Jesus. And where did they find Jesus? He was in the lowly place. He was in the humble place. He was in the broken place. He was in the dangerous place. Don't forget that there was a, an order out to kill. there. He, he was in the lowly places, the broken places, the earthly places, the marginal places, the fringe. That is where the birth of Jesus was. And when the shepherds went to go find you, they kneeled at the places in the dark and in the margins. And they said, holy, 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 holy. The message of Jesus, it is among the broken. It is in the night. It is in the margins. It is on the fringes. The message of Jesus is among the pain and the tension and that is why it is good. That is why it is true and it isn't perfect and it doesn't take away the grief or the loss or the suffering. It doesn't take away the reality of the evil and the broken in this world. But there is a promise of peace found among those places because of the birth of Jesus. And there is a new heaven and a new earth and a new creation coming where there will be no more suffering and no more pain and there will be peace that reigns. The angels praised God. They praised God for his ability to hold the tension of peace on earth and for that message to still ring true. So what is the go and see for the shepherds? What is that for us? How do we take this message of peace and go to the feet of Jesus? I believe sometimes it's as simple as just the awareness of his presence and the ask for him to come close that as we go through our everyday, as we hear the news, as we experience our own limitations and vulnerabilities, as we cry out for peace in ourselves and in the world, I believe it is an awareness of Jesus and of his presence, of his ability and his invitation to hold space and for an ask of God to come close come and find me where I am today. I need your peace today, Jesus. I need your wisdom today, Jesus. I need your rescue today, Jesus. I need your healing balm today, Jesus. I need your breakthrough today, Jesus. I need your rescue today, Jesus. I need your praise today, Jesus. You go to Jesus and you invite him in and you ask him, and it may seem like a small thing, But I think the go and see of the shepherds is for us an awareness and an ask at the feet of Jesus. And if you're having a hard time finding the presence of Jesus, getting to the feet of Jesus, I would encourage you to start with praise and worship. Because the beginning of this song of the angels, it said, glory to God in the highest. Glory, 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 holy, holy, holy. The peace of God comes with the praise of God. The peace of God comes with the praise of God. So this Christmas, let us go to our source of peace. Let us be aware of the presence. Let us ask for Jesus to come close. And let us worship and praise him for who he is and for what he has promised. Because the Christmas story, it was just the beginning. It was a new beginning, and we have not fully experienced the reconciliation and the beauty of a new heaven and a new earth. But as we look to the glory of God, we are reminded that only He can hold the tension, the suffering, and the conflict. And He won't just hold it. He will one day make it new. He is the light breaking through. When my daughter Romy is up in the night, um, she maybe had a bad dream or she's not feeling well or she's just like unrest and just um, scared or just unsettled. I have found that really the only thing that kind of calms her down is if I sing to her. And I I can be her mom and I can try to like logically talk her through it, although Romy is also not logical in the night, just like her mom. Um, so I could try to talk her through it. I can try to like explain it away. But at the end of the day, there have been some times where there was just literally nothing, nothing more that I could do, but pray over my kid and sing the praise of Jesus over her. And I found that that would oftentimes break something. It would bring her to a place of calm and rest that I couldn't bring her to on my own. And I just think of the song of the angels. I think about this song of peace. And I just want you to know that if you are here today and you are experiencing fear or confusion or heaviness or just burdened by the night, that the song of the angels is singing a song of peace over you. That as you reflect on who God is, that he is worthy, that he is good and that he is faithful and that we come before him and we fall down and we lay our crown at the feet of Jesus, that there is a song being sung over you, that it is a song of peace, it is a song of faithfulness, it is a song of rescue, And it is a song of goodness. And that you are not too far away you are not too insignificant, you are not too regular, you are not too far gone, you are not too distant, the world is not too far gone, it has not gone too dark, it has not gone too deep, it has not gotten too bad, that the peace of God still reigns. And that as we sing and pray and come to him, we know that anytime we see a glimmer of peace or goodness, that is a God who is lovingly working to rescue his people. That is a God who is trying to break through all of the evil and the brokenness on the way for his people, all people. Because the message of Jesus is good news for everyone. Why don't you pray with me this morning? Lord, we love you and we need you. We need you desperately. We live in a place that is the opposite, it feels, of what your good news is. We may be experiencing conflict or vulnerability inside of us that feels the opposite of, of what you say is true. And we just desperately try to find you this morning. And we know that you are a God of love, that you were a God who ultimately sent his son Jesus as a baby here on earth so that there would be a pathway to peace and a pathway of rescue among us. And so I pray that you would just make space for us this morning. I pray that your Holy Spirit would move in new ways among your people. I think about all that we may be dealing with this morning I pray specifically just for this uh, reality of anxiety of worry of striving in Jesus name God I pray that you would release people from from what it is that 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 keeps us bound that you would release us from anxiety, that you would release us from feelings of not being able to make it, that you would release us from this constant plaguing feeling of not being able to do it, not being good enough, not being able to make it, not being able to be the one that makes it happen, that you would release your people and that you would sing a song of peace. I pray for those of us who are just experiencing um issues with with medical waiting and waiting in general with the reality of just really being in the night of being in uh, of that suffering in that night place and I pray God that you would bring the dawning of the day that you would be the light that even today you would provide a conversation or an opportunity or an interaction that reveals the light of your goodness and your love for your people I pray God that you'd be singing songs of peace over the nights that we may be experiencing. And I pray for our world, Jesus. Jesus, have mercy on our world. Jesus, have mercy on people all over the world who are made in the image of you and who are displaced this year, who are separated this year, who have lost their family members this year, who have experienced evil and brokenness or famine or conflict. God, I pray that you would have mercy on your people and that we would be a people that would not look away or deny God, but that we would be a people who hold the tension of our peace and the peace of the world and go to you and say, come, Lord Jesus, come. We lament the reality of so many this Christmas and we say, come, Lord Jesus, come. Help us to go and see, to be aware and to ask and help us to receive the song of praise. Help us to give a song of praise. Help us to receive the song of peace. You are worthy, Jesus. We give you all the glory and all the honor and all the power. And we recognize that this Christmas story is not just one that can be packaged up into holiday tradition, but it is truly one that has rescue that is real today. And we pray, that you would make that real in our lives and real in our world. And we pray for the day that you will make all things new, that your restoration and reconciliation and renewal will come and we will praise you singing glory, glory, glory. We love you, Jesus. We fall at your feet this morning and we give you all the glory. It's in your name we pray, amen, amen, amen.